The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Good morning, New Song Church. Anybody excited to be here today? It's going to be a good day. I'm excited to be at church this morning. I don't know about you. Um, hey, before I jump into the word that I have for us today, which I'm really, really excited to share with you guys, I want to first just give a second to give honor where honors due. And can we just take a second to praise God for our amazing pastors, Pastor Josh and Sarah. We missed them this weekend. Seriously, y'all, we have the real deal pastors. They are pastors that are the same off platform as they are on platform. And we are so blessed as a church to have pastors Josh and Sarah leading us. Amen. 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 So, um, hey, if it's your first time here, by the way, at New Song, I want to say welcome to you. We're super excited that you're here. And I don't believe that it's a coincidence that you came today. In fact, we've been praying for you. Um, and so just know that this is, there's something in here for you today. So lean in, focus. After uh, service, me and my team will be out in the lobby. We'd love to meet you and show you how you can get plugged into this amazing family that we got going on here at New Song, right? Amen. Okay, so uh, my name is Jackson. If you don't know me, I've been serving as the student pastor at New Song Church for almost two years now which is crazy, it's just been flying by. I'm sure some of you remember when I first got here, had no idea what I was doing, still kinda don't, but I'm figuring it out. Um, man, I love this church. This church has changed me. My wife and I love this church. I, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Haley, she's my best friend. I don't know if she's in here today. She's here, she's amazing. If you know her, you know she's amazing. If you know her, you know I'm what, she's way out of my league. Um, We've been married for almost a year and a half, a little, a little over that. No kids yet, um, but we do have two dogs that if you've talked with us for about five minutes, you already know that because we kind of like our dogs a lot. Um, and so that's a little bit about me. Um, today, we're going to be continuing in our series within. Anybody been enjoying this series so far? Man, it has been, it has been so good. I'm so thankful that we attend a church and are a part of a church that's not afraid to talk about the helper, um, that's not afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit and his role in our life. Um, and so just to recap before I jump into what I'm going to be talking about today, um, in week one, Pastor Sarah, if you remember, she opened up talking about the living water within. Do you guys remember that? The living water within us. And she talked about how Holy Spirit living looks like daily dependence daily fruitfulness, and then daily outletting. Do you guys remember that? She said this one, um, this one acronym that I've loved, and I actually like made it my wallpaper. I've loved it so much. N-D-I-Y, never do it yourself. Never do it yourself. Always invite the Holy Spirit's help, and he wants to help you. Um, and then last week, Pastor Josh, he picked it up. He continued talking about the wind of the Holy Spirit. And he talked all about how, like, like wind, we can't necessarily see the Holy Spirit and what he's doing in our life, but we can definitely feel him. We can feel him change the atmosphere in our, in our homes, in our life. 
We can feel him leading us down the path that he has for us with his peace. We can feel and experience the Holy Spirit. And so today, um, I'm excited, a little bit of a backstory um, to continue this series, but we meet every, uh, every month before our series that's coming up, and we talk about it, and we talk about what we feel like the Holy Spirit's leading us to teach, and we help Pastor Josh get some ideas. And at our last one, talking about this Within series, Pastor Josh, he dropped that bomb on me that, hey, I think, you want, I, think I want you to teach one of these weeks. And I was like, cool, yeah, first time. Let's do it. What do you want me to teach on? And he was like, how about the gifts of the Spirit? And I was like, I mean, you're the boss, so I kind of have to. But, um, but for real, I'm excited to teach this and to preach this to you guys. Um, I think it is a loaded topic. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, sometimes it's taboo for people. And some people don't do it because they're afraid of it or, or just for a lack of understanding. And so uh, before I jump in, I do want to just communicate to you what my heart is for today because um, I don't think realistically that I'm going to be able to answer all of your questions about the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts or any of your doubts in just less than 40 minutes. But what I, what I can do is show you how they fit into the Bible, show you how they fit into your life, your calling, what it looks like to operate in them. And my hope is that as we leave today that you would just feel empowered, that you would just feel, leave feeling like you're seen that God loves you so much that he gave you all of these tools, all of these gifts for you, to, for you to make an impact and live the godly life that he's called you to live. Amen? Amen. Okay. So if you're taking notes, um, or all this is on the New Song app through our notes, the title of my message today is How to Build God Things. How to Build God Things. Okay. Let's pray, and then we'll jump in. Holy Spirit, I thank you so much for today. God, we love you. We praise you and we worship you. Lord, we invite you into this space. I pray that you would speak to us today. God, I pray that as I'm speaking that I would disappear, that Holy Spirit, your words would speak through me and you would appear to people and their hearts and their situations and you would empower us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, by a show of hands, I need you to be honest with me. But raise your hand if you hate math. Anybody hate math up in here? Hate's a strong word. Dislike math. Raise your hand if you, if you dislike math. Raise your hand if you love math. Okay, look around. Hey, we all want to be you. We're really jealous of your math skills. Um, math is hard, y'all. I don't know if you remember in algebra class, high school algebra class, middle school algebra but math is like really hard. You know that feeling when you can't solve a problem, how defeating that is? It's like, I cannot figure out what I'm doing wrong. I remember in, in high school algebra, um, I feel like I've always had this like love-hate relationship with math because I love it when I understand how to do it. You feel really cool when you know how to solve a math problem. Like a hard question comes your way and you're like, I can solve that. I got this equation right here. You just plug in the numbers, super easy. You know what I'm talking about? But I remember times in math and algebra in high school where I didn't have that feeling. And I, I was, I'm looking at my paper and it looks like Chinese on my paper. Anybody ever been there before? It's kind of defeating. And then maybe you have that aha moment where you finally get it, but at the same time, you're feeling a little dumb because you're like, that's it. That's, that's what I was missing in the problem. Um, a couple semesters ago, I was taking a college math class 
online. Yes, you heard me right a couple of semesters ago. I'm a young dude. But it was a dark semester for Jackson and, our, and the Wilson household, let me tell you. Uh, my wife and I had just been married a, like a couple months, and I'm taking college math online, and, and I, every day I would get home from, from work and um, just book it straight to our little office in our apartment and just start cranking on homework because I knew it was at least going to take me a couple of hours before I finished. It was rough. And I, I kind of burnt out, got, got me a little bit burnt out of school after that semester, if I'm being honest. But um, I learned something coming out of that class about, about math that I think is so interesting. And math is difficult, but if you think about it, all math is, is it's just knowledge built upon previous knowledge. Does that make sense? Like math is all about building blocks. So like if I want to solve an algebra equation, that's great but I first have to know how to do some other things, right? Like I gotta know how to do addition. I gotta know how to do subtraction, long division, before I can ever step into a place where I'm comfortable doing an algebra problem. And I say all that to say this, I think sometimes when we talk about spiritual gifts and the gifts of the spirit, I think sometimes we can have a lack of knowledge or a fear or a hesitancy simply because we just don't know how they fit into the Bible or they don't know how they fit, we don't know how they fit into our lives. But what I want to show you today, and it's, it's going to be a lot of information, so just hang in there with me. Everything's going to be in your notes for you to study later at home. But my hope is that um, I would show you that there are building blocks that show us that the gifts of the Spirit and spiritual gifts are for us and God wants us to use them to be effective Christians, to be an effective church, for you to have an effective family. Amen? And so um, I'm, that's, what I want, that's my goal for today. It's just we're going to do like a bird's eye view of the gifts of the Spirit. So um, before you know the what of spiritual gifts, you got to know the why. So my goal for today is not to just give you a list and then expect you to go do them. And I'm not trying to prepare you for some spiritual pop quiz coming up next week where you just have to memorize all of them. That's not my goal for today. My goal is for you to know the why, why you need spiritual gifts in your life. Do you need them? Are they important? And so my hope for today is that you leave knowing, yeah, they are. Yeah, I do need them. Yeah, I want them. So point number one is this. If you're taking notes, we are called to build God things. We, all of us, are called to build God things. Have you, um, I know I've, I've, I've experienced this a lot, but have you ever got, gone away from a time where you're reading a story in the Bible, you're reading some scripture, and you left like, I have no idea what I just read. I don't know why that story is in there. Like, that, I'm lost. I've been there before. There were times in middle school and high school and even in college where I'm reading and I just leave kind of like, I have no idea what I just read. We've, we've all been there before. Um, I actually experienced this a lot earlier this year because um, my wife and I, during our church's 21 days of prayer and fasting, we do that every year at the beginning of the year, 21 days of prayer and fasting, my wife and I um, decided to take part in this crazy challenge, crazy challenge that some of our friends back at home were doing in Dallas. Um, called the 30-day shred, the 30-day shred. And I'm not talking about getting a six-pack in 30 days. I'm talking about we shredded through the entire Bible in 30 days. 
no joke. And it was not easy, let me tell you. Um, I mean, like, we're literally spending about two and a half to three hours reading and listening to God's Word every day, 42 chapters a day. And let me tell you, when you're reading that much Scripture every day, you're not trying to figure out how every story makes sense. Like, you're just taking a bird's eye view. You're just, you're flying through all of Scripture. And like, like literally, I felt like I was reading, I'm just like, oh, there's Noah down there. Check that out. There's Abraham. Now we're in Exodus. Like, we're just flying through the Bible. It was insane. Now, uh, I say that not to toot my own horn at all, um, but I say that because my wife and I, we really came out of the shred with some really cool revelation about God's word that I didn't have before I went through the shred. Um, And one of the things was, the first thing was, man, I fell in love with God's word. Like, I just fell in love with God's word. Like, before I wanted to fall in love with God's word, but I, I, and I liked it and I was trying to be consistent, but I fell in love with his word. I finally felt like I knew, yeah, this is truth. This is God's infallible word. This is for me today. This is what helps me to see and hear God clearly today. This is for me. This feeds my soul. God's word is good. And I want to encourage somebody today, just before we get any of this into the spiritual gift stuff, God's word is good. And you may be discouraged because you read the Bible and your goal is to understand what you just read and then apply it to your life that day. And can I tell you, that's not a good goal. (laughs) You're going to burn out if that's your goal. But if your goal is, God, I'm just going to be consistent. God, I'm going to let you build upon previous knowledge and let you do a work in my heart over time. I promise you, you will fall in love with God's word just like I did. Um, so that was one of the things that I came out of the shred with. Man, I just, I fell in love with God's word. It's so good. But the second thing that I got out of the shred that I love, and it's helped me so much this year, is I got a really good understanding of the story of the Bible. Do you know the Bible has a story? Like, there's a bunch of little stories all throughout scripture, some of them crazy, Uh, some of them a little less crazy, some of them really crazy, but they all make up a part of one overarching story. And if you and I are going to understand how how spiritual gifts fit into the Bible, we got to know what the story of the Bible is, right? It's like the, like the addition and subtraction of this whole equation. So, um, there's, a, there's something you need to know about God's word, and it's that there is a story, and the story is this thing called the kingdom of God. You ever heard that term before? The kingdom of God. I think sometimes when we hear that term, the kingdom of God, we can, it, it's hard to understand. It doesn't resonate super well with us. We think like kingdoms, that's old school, uh, like knights and stuff. I don't really know how I fit into that equation. But what I want to show you today is, is the story of the Bible is the kingdom of God. And I think there's a way to simplify that term to help, make it, help it make sense for us. There's a pastor in Dallas, um, and his name is Matt Chandler. He explains this really well. So I'm going to borrow this from him if that's cool with y'all. But he says that the kingdom of God and the story of the Bible can be summed up into these three words, God with us. God with us. And you need to know today that the story of the Bible, the whole story that's made up a bunch of a bunch of little stories, they're all telling this, God with us. From Genesis all the way to Revelation, 
from beginning to end, every single story is trying to show you and I that God wants to be with us. He really wants to be with his people. And I want to show you this real quick. We're going we're gonna to do a shred. Is that cool with y'all? We're going to shred through the Bible real quick. Think about the garden for a second. The garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they're placed into the garden. They're in perfect fellowship with God. Um, God says, hey, rule this, steward this. It's good. Um, what kind of picture is that? The Garden of Eden is a picture of God with us. Okay, let's move a little bit further into the story. Um, the children of Israel, they're walking around the desert. They're setting up this thing called the tabernacle, this tent everywhere they go. And God says, hey, all I need you to do is obey me, worship me. And guess what? I will dwell with you. What picture do we have there? The tabernacle is a picture of God with us. Okay, let's move a little bit further along into this story. Jesus, God comes down, fully God, fully man. What happens? John 1.14 says this, the word God, or the word became flesh and what? Dwelt among us. So Jesus comes down, he's fully God, fully man. He's healing people, hanging out with sinners, telling people the kingdom of God is here, follow me. What is this picture? The, the picture of Jesus that we get is God with us. Are you seeing this pattern? I got one more for you. Move on a little bit further, the Holy Spirit. So Jesus dies, he's resurrected. But before he leaves, um, he tells his disciples this. John 16, 7, nevertheless, I am telling you the truth. It is for your benefit that I go. Why? Because if I don't go away, the counselor, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him. I will send him. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says this, or do you not know that your body is a what? A temple, a tabernacle of the Holy Spirit, where? within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. So what picture do we have here? The Holy Spirit is what? A picture of God with us. You see in the pattern? Over and over again, all throughout the entire Bible, this is what we're shown. God really wants to be with us. And we have a part to play in building a God thing, this thing called the kingdom of God. Every single one of us. Check this out. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says this. You are the body of the anointed one. You're the body of Christ. And each of you, say each. Each, each of you is a unique and vital part of it. Every single one of you. Not just the people in full-time ministry. Not just that person leading your volunteer team. Not just that person leading your small group. Every single one of us is supposed to build a God thing in our life. We're supposed to build the kingdom of God. So what does this look like? Just really quickly, practically, in your life. What does it look like to build God things? Well, let's start with when you follow Jesus. When you make Jesus the Lord of your life, when you choose to be a disciple, that's a God thing. We just read that our body is a temple. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. That's a God thing that he can build. Parents, when you choose to fearlessly parent your children... That's a God thing. God can live in that. God can do something in that. Spouses, uh, when you choose to love your spouse unconditionally, no strings attached, even when they do that thing that irks you, 
That's a God thing. Students, people in work, when you choose to talk about Jesus to somebody, you're building a God thing. When we choose to pray big prayers, we're building a God thing. How about this one? When we choose to pray consistent and persistent prayers, consistent and persistent prayers, we're building a God thing. These are things that God wants to build in us. And this is why Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says this. This is so good. Whether you eat or drink, live your life in a way that glorifies and honors God. In other words, what is he saying? Every single aspect of your life has an opportunity for you to build a God thing in it. Every single aspect. It doesn't just stop when you leave church on Sunday or when you come to church for a quip on Tuesday. It's constant. There is a, there's always a chance for you to build a God thing in your life. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to build the kingdom of God, something that God can live in so he can dwell with his people. But how do we do that? Do we just do it by trying really hard? He's, he's given us tools. We don't have to do that. That's my point. Point number two is this. We are called to use God tools. So we're called to build God things, but we can't do it without using God tools. And you need to know that. We can't build God things without God tools. I can't build a God thing with Jackson tools. It doesn't work. It falls flat. It might be a little awkward. I can't build God things with God tools or uh, with Jackson tools. I need God tools. And humans, since the beginning of time, have been building human kingdoms, but with human tools, right? What are some human tools? Some of them are bad and evil, like manipulation or power or fear or money. What about some other ones that aren't necessarily evil or bad, like um, a rigid to-do list, right? Like we try to just control our lives and I'm guilty. I like, I like to-do lists. But, uh, you know, that's not inherently bad, but those are human tools. And if I want to build something that God can live in that's effective and strong and healthy, I can't use Jackson tools. I got to have God tools. Does that make sense? I got to have God tools. And so in, in this section, in, in this point two section of my, of my message, I'm about to run through some spiritual gifts, all right? Now, it's going to be a lot of information, so don't feel pressure to have to write everything down or memorize it. Remember, my heart for you is not to just, like, know it in your head, but I want you to just feel empowered and just see all these gifts as tools God has given us to build an effective body. So I'm going to run through these really quick with you. All of it's in your new song notes if you want to follow along and if you want to go home and study it some more, which I encourage all of y'all to do. Sound good? Okay, so before I jump in, there's a reason why they're called the gifts of the Spirit and not the ranks of the Spirit. The gifts, they're, they're called the gifts of the Spirit, not the ranks of the Spirit. So this is not like a you're a better Christian if you operate in the gifts of the Spirit type thing. It's not about rankings. These are gifts. You didn't earn them. They were freely given to all of us for us to operate in. So these are gifts. I'm going to interchange that word gifts with tools, though, because we're talking about building a God thing. Sounds good? Okay. So um, time to get into the nitty-gritty. There's a lot of spiritual gifts. I'm going to run through them really quickly. But I um, am going to categorize them into three types of gifts, okay? 
three types of gifts. We got the first one, the essential gifts of the Spirit, the dynamic gifts of the Spirit, and the functional gifts of the Spirit, okay? Essential, dynamic, and functional. Now, it's important to remember that all of these gifts, they look different, they operate different, but they all come from one person. Not me, and not you. They come from the Holy Spirit. Capiche? Does that make sense? Okay. Thank you for saying capiche back. <laughs> Essential gifts, number one. Essential gifts are things given to all believers everywhere, which are necessary for living the Christian life. Tools, gifts that are given that are necessary for living the Christian life. These are like your addition and subtraction of spiritual gifts. What are they? These are what they are. Faith, hope, love, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. These are essential gifts given to every single one of us. And you can't go forward and do the other gifts if you don't have love. And you can't go forward and do the other gifts if you don't have faith or hope or the presence of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? Those are the essential gifts given to all of us by the Spirit. Okay, let's move on to, um, oh, hold on. I got some scriptures for that, by the way. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says this, for by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Here's, what, here's why I put that in there. Sometimes we don't think of faith, hope, love, and the presence of God as being a gift from the Holy Spirit, but think about salvation. When you choose to follow Jesus, you receive something called salvation, your faith, from the Holy Spirit. Check this out. 1 Corinthians 12, 3 says this, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by who? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. That's a gift from the Holy Spirit. It's an essential gift from the Holy Spirit. So the second type, we got essential gifts. The second one is the dynamic gifts the dynamic tools. These are probably the ones that you think of first when you hear the term gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, and the dynamic gifts are special abilities given by the Holy Spirit for a specific purpose of delivering or validating a message from God. So what do these look like? These are some of the dynamic gifts. We got prophecy, discernment of spirits, healing, miracles, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, I'm not going to go through and explain every single one of these. And all of these are in 1 Corinthians 12. You can go and read them yourself. Um, but in two weeks from today, Pastor Josh is going to be doing an entire message on prayer language and speaking in tongues. And I want to encourage you to be at that message. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be powerful. But in short, what this could look like is Maybe you're going through your day, or this has happened to you, and you feel like the Holy Spirit has given you a word for your friend, or for a stranger, or for somebody. That's a prophetic word given by the Holy Spirit for you to validate, or encourage, or maybe give direction to somebody, and that's something you could have never known on your own. That was a gift from the Holy Spirit. What about last week? If you were here last week, Pastor Josh shared about a story about a mother who um, she received a check, a warning in her heart from the Holy Spirit about her kids. 
And she listened to that and obeyed and went to go check on her kids and ended up saving her kids from a dangerous situation in the house. Now, can I tell you, that wasn't just mother's intuition. That was a gift. That was a miracle of the Holy Spirit. That was a dynamic gift in play. Um, And so those are the dynamic gifts of the Holy Spirit. And just to warn uh, any of my students in this room or uh, any kiddos here, if your parents are spirit-filled and they flow in the gifts, you might as well just confess now. Uh, They're going to find out. I'm just uh, telling you from experience. My mom is here. And uh, the Holy Spirit's told her some things. So just warning you, go ahead, fess up now. Tell them now. Holy Spirit's going to tell them. Um, So those are the essential gifts and the dynamic gifts. Now we're going to move on finally to the functional gifts of the Holy Spirit. And these are split up into two categories, roles and abilities. The functional gifts are roles and abilities needed for building healthy structure and ministry of the church. So these are gifts that help not just me, you and I build a healthy this, a strong, healthy, effective body. So let's look at the roles. Here are the functional roles. You've probably heard these before. We got apostles, evangelists, helper, pastor, prophet, ruler, and teacher. These are Holy Spirit gifts and roles that the Holy Spirit can call us to in seasons of our life to build a healthy church. Now let's look at the abilities. Here are some functional abilities given by the Holy Spirit, all right? Administration, and everybody said amen. Amen. I like this one because the Holy Spirit thought about this, and he said, you can be spirit-led and still be still be productive and know what you're doing. Administration's a good thing. It's a gift of the Holy Spirit. Exhortation or encouragement, generosity, hospitality, knowledge, mercy, service, and wisdom. These are all different gifts given by the Holy Spirit for us to be an effective church. Now, I like these in particular because we don't tend to think of these as being gifts of the Holy Spirit. And here's the reason why. There are human versions of this. I, I can try to be pretty um, hospi- hospitable, but it's a different level when I invite the Holy Spirit in to empower me and anoint me for that gift. So there are human levels of this, but more importantly, there are Holy Spirit-empowered levels and roles and abilities of this. And that's the ones that we need if we're going to build an effective church. And they're freely given to us. Now, I know that was a lot of information. All you got to remember is essential gifts dynamic gifts and functional gifts. These are freely given by the Holy Spirit for us to build God things. And every single one of us is called to build a God thing. And you can't do it with your tools. You gotta do it with God tools. These are the God tools that he provides for us to do all of those things. So you're called to build God things. You're called to build God tools. How do we do it? How do we get the gifts? How do we use the tools? Point number three is this. We receive God tools by asking. And that's it. It's as simple as that. You and I receive God tools by asking. And I think we don't see these Holy Spirit-empowered gifts. We see human-empowered gifts all the time. But we don't necessarily see Holy Spirit-empowered gifts all the time because we're just not asking for them. James 4.2 says, you have not because you ask not. 
And God just says, if you just ask and look for the opportunities for me to give you tools, I'll give them to you. And you can have an effective ministry. Um, about three and a half years ago, there was a time in my life, uh, it was before I moved up here to come to New Song. I was still in Dallas. I wasn't married. I was a college student. And um, it was a time in my life where I wanted to be used by God. And I wanted to be used by the Holy Spirit. And my friends and I, we were really passionate about like just reaching people in our life. And, and I would go around and ask the Holy Spirit, you know, who do you want me to talk to you? What do you want me to do? And so I remember this one specific time I was in Walmart and uh, it's just a normal day at Walmart. And, but I came in wanting to be used by the Holy Spirit. And so I walked through the food aisles and I wasn't really getting anything. Didn't know what to do. Walked to the checkout line, nothing. Checked out my food, paid for it, nothing. I'm leaving, I'm not really getting anything. And as I was leaving, um, you know how Walmart has those greeters up at the front? Well, I'm leaving and the greeter there, this lady was just like highlighted to me. And I was like, oh, this is my chance. The Holy Spirit wants me to do something here. And so I see her um, and then I did something that every good Christian does and I just shoved that feeling way deep down <laughs> and just kept on walking. <laughs> just, just being honest. So I shove it down and I'm just like, no, that probably was just me. So I walk out to my car and I kid you not, like I just could not get in the car. It was like the Holy Spirit was like, don't go, just turn around. And so I throw my stuff in the car, I lock the door and I do the walk of shame back into Walmart. <laughs> but and I'm happy that I did that step, but I made a mistake. And I think this is a mistake that is so easy for us to, to do. When we want to be used by the Holy Spirit, I turned back and I walked down, but I never asked the Holy Spirit what to do. I just, I never asked him. I just assumed what I needed to do. And so I turned around and I walked back and instead of saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do for this lady? I just assumed, I just need to go up to her and pray for her, a Jackson tool. And so I came up and I said, hey, can I pray for you? And I prayed for her and it was really awkward and I don't know if she received it. And I believe in prayer, I know prayer works and I'm sure a seed was planted, but what if God had a more effective thing for her? Instead of me just assuming what to do, what if I asked the Holy Spirit what he wanted to do for her? And I think, there's some people in here today, me included, that need to know you've been trying to do God things with your tools for too long. You've been trying to build your family with God with your tools for too long. You've been trying to have a responsible, effective life with your tools for too long, but I wanna tell you, you can't build God things with your tools. You can't build God things with good leadership skills and likability and charisma. It doesn't hold its own, it'll fall flat, but if you invite the Holy Spirit to give you tools, you can build an effective ministry. You can build an effective church and you're called to build a God thing. And all of these gifts are available to you this morning, amen? Can I pray for you guys? Let's bow our heads 
and close our eyes today. Father God, we thank you so much. You're such a good God. You're such a good God that you thought of everything that we would need to be effective, to be used by you, to build a God thing. You thought of it all. And God, right now as a church, as a body, we just recognize we can't do it by ourselves. It's not gonna take our tools. It's gonna take something bigger. It's gonna take your tools. It's gonna take your gifts. Church, right now, maybe you just heard all of this stuff I just said. Maybe it was for the first time ever. Maybe you know all of these gifts. Maybe you even operate in them. But right now, I just want us all to receive them and receive the help of the Spirit together today. So right now in your seat, if you're comfortable, if you want it, it's free for you. You can just say in your heart, Holy Spirit, I receive your tools. Holy Spirit, I receive your gifts. I'm done, I'm done using my tools, they're not working. I receive your tools. Maybe you're here today and you've actually never taken that first step in following Jesus and being a disciple. And you wanna do that today. You wanna use these gifts. You want to be freed from your sin and the death in your heart and given life. Maybe that's you today. If that's you and you've never accepted Jesus into your heart, I wanna give you an opportunity to do that right now. The Bible, the Bible says that all you have to do to do this is believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, and you're saved. You're made a new creation instantly. A miracle happens in your heart. And so right now, if that's you, I'm gonna lead us all in a prayer. Church, we're all gonna say it together. But as you do this, just pray this prayer with me. Receive Jesus in your heart. Let him make you a new creation. And then all of these gifts that I just talked about, they're freely yours if you ask for them. So say this with me, church. Say, Father God, I thank you for Jesus. I believe that I need you. I believe that you came and lived the perfect life and died a death that you did not deserve for me. And I believe that you rose again and are alive today. I give you my life. I give you my all. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we give a round of applause for those people who received Jesus? Amen, church, amen. God loves you so much. He loves you so much, he thought of it all. He gave you the gifts, he gave you the tools. You don't have to do it on your own. I hope you leave encouraged today. I hope you leave knowing that God is for you and that you can build a God thing. Church, I wanna invite you guys to stand with me. We're about to go into a final song of worship. And as we do, this is just a response to everything we just heard and received. I wanna invite my altar ministry team to come up at this time. If you have a prayer need of any kind at all, please come down, ask for prayer. We don't think you're bad. In fact, we're so proud of you. Every single one of you who comes up and receives prayer from us, we would love to pray with you. Don't leave this room if you've got a burden. Um, church, I'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna jump into this last song. God, I thank you so much 
for your word. I thank you so much for your Holy Spirit that is our helper and our counselor. Jesus, we invite you in. I thank you for this word and I pray that you would empower each and every single one of us to ask for your gifts and to ask for your tools so we can build effective, powerful ministry in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.